Welcome back to the OU's Shania Mikra. I'm Jack Abramowitz, and today we are continuing with the third aliyah of Parshas Naso, a very short aliyah. We are beginning in Sefer Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers, and the first verse of Parak Hay, chapter 5. There it says, Ve'yadaber Hashem Moshe Lemor, that God spoke to Moses, and this is what he said. Tzavis b'nei Yisrael, command the children of Israel, v'yishalchu min ha-machane kol tzeruah v'chol zav, v'chol Send out of the camp everyone who has tzeras. A tzeruah is a matzora, a person who has what's commonly translated as leprosy, but it's not really leprosy. It's a skin condition that has a spiritual cause. Typically, it was the punishment for speaking Lashon Hara, gossip, slander, other negative language use. Somebody who has this skin condition called Siras has to be sent out of the camp. Michal Zav, and anyone who has an emission, a genital emission that's not semen. In the case of a woman, it would be an emission that's not her period. A zava would be a female Zav. Michal Tamei Lenafesh, and anyone who is unclean because of contact with a deceased person. So let's take a look in Rashi. Tzavis b'nei Yisrael, command the children of Israel. Parshazu ne'emra b'yom she'hukam ha'mishkan. This section was stated on the day that the Mishkan was assembled. So when they put up the tabernacle, that's when these commandments were given. Ushmona parshios ne'emru b'yom. Eight different sections were transmitted on that day. Kedisa b'mesechas gitten b'perek ha'nizakim. Which is explained in the Talmudic tractate of Gitten on page 60. V'yishalchu min ha'machaneh. And send them out of the camp. So Rashi says, Shalosh machanos hayusham v'shas chani yasam. There were three camps there at the time that the Jews traveled in the desert. So what were these three camps? Toha klayim hi machaneshchina. Inside the hangings, that is the camp of the presence. The shchina is where God made his presence most felt. Chanias halavim saviv, kumoshim aforish paparshas b'midbar sinai. The camp of the Levites was around that, as is explained in Parshas Bamidbar, Himachana Levia, that's the Levite camp. And from there until the end of the banners, the flags that they had set up on all four sides, that is the general camp of the Israelites. The person with Tsaras person who had this skin condition was sent out of all the camps, so he even couldn't mix with other Israelites. Hazav Yisrael, min hashtayim. Azav, someone who had a genital emission, that person could be in the Israelite camp, but he had to stay outside of the two interior camps. A person who was impure because of contact with the deceased, he could even go into the Levite camp. He only couldn't enter the camp of God's presence, quote unquote presence. And all of these conditions, who had to exit which camp, is explained in the Talmud in the Tractate of Psachim on page 67. So let's continue. Mizacha adnakeva tishalechu omichutz lamachane tishalchum velo yitmu es machanehem asher ani shochen besocham. Both male and female, you shall send out outside of the camps. You shall send them so that they should not defile the camps where I, God, dwell among them. So let's take a look at the 
Chizkuni. And if you recall, I have two Chizkuni, so let's look at the Chizkuni on Chomish. Mizacha ad nekeva tishalechu, you shall send out both male and female. Me'ish ad nemar. It doesn't say from a man to a woman. It says from a male to a female. It doesn't say a man to a woman. Why? Lomer lecha shalainyan tuma shavin gedolim uktanim. This teaches you that when it comes to ritual impurity, adults and children are the same. So someone under the age of Barabbas Mitzvah, who has one of these conditions, saras or or has ritual impurity or any of these things, does not matter that they're not yet an adult. The same rule applies. Continuing in Pasuk Dalad. V'yasuchin b'nei Yisrael v'yishalchu osam el mechutz l'machaneh kasher dibah Hashem el Moshe. Kain asu b'nei Yisrael. It says that the Jews acted according to this instruction. They sent these people out of the camp. They did as God had instructed Moshe. That's what the children of Israel did. Again, the Chizkuni, Kain asu b'nei Yisrael. This is what the children of Israel did. Malamed she'af ha'tameim lo achvu. Even the ones who were ritually impure, who you might think would object to being sent out, they recognized this as God's command, and they didn't hesitate, they didn't prevent it from being carried out. God spoke to Moshe, and this is what he said. Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, when a man or a woman commits a sin that people do and trespasses against God so that that person is guilty. Looking in Rashi. Limom al-Bashem, committing a trespass against God. Harechazer v'kasav kan parshas gozel v'nishba al-sheker. It repeats here the section concerning a person who steals and then lies about it. He swears falsely. Hiha ha'amura v'parshas v'yikra, which is previously discussed in parshas v'yikra, when it says there, and he trespasses against God, and he deals falsely with his neighbor, with the other person. But it's repeated here because of two things, which are new in it. So it's, it's the same topic that we heard before, but it's got new information. First thing is, it says here that he confesses. So this is a new situation. He steals, he lies about it, and then he confesses. This tells us that he does not pay the fifth or bring the guilt offering because of witnesses until he confesses in the matter. And the second thing that's new here, that's new information, it teaches us about someone who steals from a convert that the repayment that he gives, if he cannot return it to the person from who it was stolen, he gives to the Kohen, as we will see momentarily. The Hisvadu. So we said in Rashi, it's got two new things, and the first is the case of a person who confesses. So the Hisvadu eschatasam asher asu, they confess their sin which they have done. The Heshives ashamo barosho, and he, he makes restitution for the thing that he did wrong, so he has to pay back what he stole. The Chamishiso, Yosef Alav, he adds 20% to it. He has to add a fifth to it. V'nosan la'asher al-shamlo. And he has to give it to the person whom he has wronged. So let's take a look over at the Chizkuni on Rashi here. V'hizvadu eschatosam asher asu v'heshives ashamo. He confesses his, his wrongdoing, which he did, and he returns his guilt. Kasav Rav Acha, Rav Acha wrote, V'heicha de'udi gazlan v'meis. 
And in a case where the thief confesses and then dies, Yorshin Mashalman Karen Bachomesh, his heirs have to pay the principal and the added 20%, Upaturin Minha Asham, but they don't have to bring the sacrifice, the carbon Asham, for guilt. My Taima, what's the reason? Asham Lekapara, the guilt offering is an atonement, Vien Kapara Achar Misa, but he can't be atoned for after he dies. Karen Vachomesh, Mamonahu, but the principal and the 20%, that's a financial matter. And since their father had already confessed, he became liable. The money is owed. They have to pay his debt. If the person doesn't have any heirs, to whom he can repay that which he stole, the repayment goes to God, la Kohen, so it's given to the Kohen. Miyavad el Kipurim asher yechaper bo alav. This is aside from the ram, which is a sacrifice to atone for his sin. So why is he giving this here? The im ein leish goel. If the person has no heir, shemes hatovea shehishbia ve'en lo yarshin. In this case, the person who was robbed dies. So the thief can't give it back to the person he stole from, he has to give it to the heirs. The Hashiv Ha'ashamei love to receive the restitution that's due him, Kishinimlach zeh lehis vados al avono, when the thief makes the choice to confess about his sin. Ba'amur Rabbu Seinu, and the rabbis ask a, an obvious question, is there, is there any person in Israel who doesn't have any relatives? Obain, Obas, Oach, Oshar, Basar, Hakarovelov, no son, no daughter, no brother, no relative whatsoever, Mimishpachas Aviv, on his father's side, Lamala Ad Yaakov Avinu, all the way back as far as Yaakov. There must be someone, if you go back far enough, he's got a relative somewhere. Elazeha Ger Shemes. In this case, it was a Ger, a convert who was robbed and then who died, Beinlo Yershin. So he has no biological Jewish relatives. Let's look in the Chizkuni on this. This is Chizkuni on Chumish. Hamushav Lashem, it should be given to God. Bishvil Yiras Hakadosh Baruchu Heshivu, he returns it because of fear of God. Lashem Lakohen, it goes to God. He gives it to the priest, to the Kohen. Hakadosh Baruchu Aviv Shogir, God is the father, as it were, of the convert. Yarsho. so he is fit, he is appropriate to inherit from him. And God, who inherits from the convert, then turns around and gives it to a member of his household, as it were, which in this case is the Kohen. Let's continue in Pasuk Tess. Every gift, the gifts that were given to the Kohanim were called Truma, of all the holy things, all the holy things of the children of Israel, which they bring to the Kohen, Asher Yakrivu la Kohen, Lo They shall belong to him, to the Kohen. So looking in Rashi, Amar Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael asked the following question. The Kitruma Makrivin la Kohen? Was Truma brought to the Kohen? Vahaluhu Machazar Achareha, Lebes Hagaronos. Really, the Kohen had to go out and get it. He had to go to the granaries and collect Truma. It wasn't brought to the base of Migdash. So what does Asher Yakrivu Lakohen? 
So what does the Pasuk mean when it says that they bring to the Kohen? These are the first fruit offerings, which it says in Shmos Perech of Gimel. You shall bring them to the house of Hashem, which is the temple, or in this case the Mishkan. But I don't know what's done with them. That they belong to the Kohen. You give it to the Kohen, he gets to keep them and use them accordingly. So the verse comes to explain about the Bikurim, Shiyu, Nitanim Lakohen, that they are given to the Kohen. So this actually answers an outstanding question from a previous book. Every man's holy things shall be his. And whatever a person gives the Kohen, that will be his. Seems straightforward enough, but let's look in Rashi again. And every person's holy things will belong to him. Since it discussed the portions that were given to the priests and the Levites, I might think that a Kohen or a Levi could come and take them by force. That belongs to me. Yank it away from the Jew. So it tells us every man's holy portions are his to do with. The owner, the person who grew the produce, gets to decide which Kohen, which Levi to give it to. So he has that right. And there are many Midrashic interpretations which are explained in the Sifrei, U Midrash Agada, and in the Midrash Agada, which is the Tanchuma. Bish Eskidashav Lo Yiyu, a man's holy things shall belong to him. Mishima Akev Masrosav, Ve'eno Nosnan, a person who holds back his tithes and does not give them to the Kohen and the Levi as appropriate. Lo Yihiyu, they will be his. What will be his? Hamasros, the 10%, the tithe. So, She'en Sedehu Osa, what will happen is his field will stop giving the normal amount of produce and only give one-tenth of what it was accustomed to produce. So if a person holds back from giving his 10%, then that 10% will be his to the exclusion of the 90% that he otherwise would have had. And that is the end of Shlishi. We will continue with the main event of the Parsha, Ravii, which includes the Nazir, the Sota, and other interesting things.